I have arrived, I am home. I have arrived, I am home. I am home, I am home. How are we feeling? Show me some thumbs or some arms. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so lovely. Welcome to the No Race Today's podcast, um, a show centering on helping people improve their self-awareness and self-assurance by sharing skills, stories and strategies from a diverse range of people uh, that can be easily applied or explored on a day-to-day -day basis. The mission of No Race Today's is to unconditionally support people with being alive. The lives we all lead are these incredibly fortuitous things, but that doesn't stop them from becoming very complicated and confusing. As a result, there is nothing that should be more readily available to all of us than spaces that can help us all think more clearly and easily about ourselves. With this mission in mind, No Wasted Days is building a bank of information, unique digital tools and interactive experiences that can help anyone become more self-aware and self-assured at a cost they can control. With all this being true, and without any further ado, Today's guests are two super talented women who exist in the worlds of singing, meditation, and mental health. There could hardly be two better people to explore how singing and silence can be used to support ever-increasing self-awareness and self-assurance, whether you consider yourself a zen-like singing sensation already, or someone to whom the sound of your own voice or the sound of silence makes you more than a little bit uncomfortable. In no particular order, it's my pleasure to introduce Mary and Maya. How's it going, guys? Hello. <laughs> just a little shake. Just a little instinctive shake. Nervous wave. <laughs> I like. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the sound of silence, but it doesn't work for podcasts very well. <laughs> so, so, so we might have to do a bit more than just uh, just waving. But anyway, we'll kick off with the first question um, because my hope is that everybody that. Um, appears on the podcast we'll get a chance to respond to the kind of five core questions which are like uh, the spine of the format and then I've got loads of separate questions about singing about meditation about performance and general stuff that can hopefully be really interesting too um, so whoever feels like tackling it first because um, you'd technically be the first person to ever do it because <laughs> we forgot to ask it on the first episode um, so I've shared with Mary and Maya a, a diagram that have, is like a matrix. So one axis is going from no self-awareness to complete self-awareness. And the other axis is going from no self-assurance to, you know, complete self-assurance. Where do you think you'd plot yourself at the moment on that diagram? And perhaps how has that evolved over time? It's definitely an evolving thing. I'm glad that you said that because it's, yeah, it's a journey, I think, this this quest for self-awareness and, and self-assurance and it's something that we can always always dip into and try to keep evolving and keep connected to um, I definitely have become more self-aware and more self-assured as well um, in the last couple of years or so um, since kind of finding my vocation and uh, just connecting more with other people because for me that's the biggest thing is that connection to others um, and the pandemic kind of brought around so much isolation, so many trying times. 
um, so much stress for so many people that, um, yeah, a lot of people were just feeling really, you know, where do I go from here? Who am I? What am I doing? You know, it's all these questions that we were asking each other. So, um, and asking ourselves. Um, so, yeah, I think I would plot myself mm, at the moment kind of towards the top half um definitely over the line I think maybe before the pandemic and over the pandemic I was probably just under the line so yeah definitely trying to kind of get more towards the top um but like I said it's always a journey and I think you know we'll always be on that on that mission for self-awareness and self-assurance uh, so yeah, yeah I, 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 I love that I love those set of thoughts um and it would be so interesting to see how that kind of diagram plays out over time with where people believe mm -hmm. they are. Um, and that's something I will do towards the end of the year, make it kind of a survey. So above and beyond the people who appear on the podcast, we put it out mm -hmm. to the general population too, and just see where the kind of dots and the heat map kind of centers about where people think they are. Um, yeah. But I couldn't agree with that anymore. That thing about if you're close to people and you're close enough to them to understand their stories, that makes you so more self-aware because you realize that this pattern of life is is so variable you know everybody has their ups and downs everybody has their really trying times or you know mm -hmm. moments of, of triumph and it kind of saves you from the worry of like or particularly on the self-assurance half of like comparing yourself to only this small substrata of people that we see in the news media or on social media and and therefore getting really concerned you know you know every's like everybody's life is more rich and complicated than than you know than sometimes what we get shown or or um you know are exposed to um and yeah the fact that that's come through your vocation be, above and beyond just perhaps reading or you know, just being a sociable person is kind of is kind of fascinating too um no but I love that I love that thought um what would you say uh Maya um without giving <laughs> trying to not give an identical answer I <laughs> I wrote the same thing I think it's very much a case of uh in the same way that happiness is not a destination it's a journey I, I kind of feel the same way about this so I said mm -hmm. I'm somewhat in the middle I'm definitely more self-aware I think I think that comes through years. I mean, I, you know, I have had anxiety almost all my life. So I think I've kind of forced, <laughs> been forced to be self-aware. Um, but there's been a journey through um, through mindfulness of switching that mindset of becoming more self-aware and knowing how to use it in the right ways and how to get the most out of life um, for me personally. And obviously, like you were saying, it's not a linear process or journey everyone's different and also it's a funny time for me because um coming as I said I've kind of come back into I've decided to go back into the performing industry yeah and super exciting. it's super super exciting and I knew I made the right decision because I was so fueled and so fulfilled but at the same time that is so testing on my self-assurance because it is a career in proving yourself <laughs> to mm. others so for me it's about finding that balance of definitely not having that in home and friend situations if that makes sense so like because my career literally is that and having to present my best self or or you know or yeah um elevated self for me it's you know being able to relax with friends and be my authentic self without having to worry about um yeah opinions and whatnot um 
sorry, I think I've <laughs> died no, from no, the question. Actually, but, no, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great answer because it relates to a, a question that I have. Like, I posed the question to Jade and Sam, who were two kind of um, creative people in kind of art and design and, and stuff in, within advertising, that a trapping of, of being that way inclined is you become very, um, a, you know, you see yourself in your work and vice versa. And it's and if someone criticizes the work or the ideas aren't free flowing, then it's kind of can really dent your self-assurance if you can't detach and separate like from your respective experiences as performers, because you just teed it up a little bit that, you know, it's kind of is it feels to me, at least as, an, as someone who has no experience of that, that it would be even more difficult because it's not even the kind of um, <laughs> this kind of external thing of your ideas or your designs. It's literally you stood on the stage you know acting singing whatever you know does that make it more difficult on a self-assurance self-awareness basis and that kind of detachment piece um Definitely. it seems like it it seems like it would yeah, but also it's it's well, there's also the added thing of it's so subjective so someone you present yourself to like absolutely yeah. love it like let's say the case of self tapes you know you've got like three different edits and you're like oh I know this sort of person would prefer this edit but this one and you have to, you it's a guessing game <laughs> um, and it's so yeah it's definitely an added layer because it is all opinion based yeah. and luck and luck based um so 100% yeah I would say um it's definitely testing um yeah would you say the <laughs> lots of this as I teed up in the intros about finding techniques tactics strategies to help people um you know either detach from self or just any route to becoming more self-aware or self-assured and you just touched on the idea of luck or good fortune mm -hmm. is that it might be a cruel mistress in a way because it feels to me that if you you know about the role of luck and good fortune in that whole exercise then that can help you kind of um, have some perspective on what happened. But then it also must be quite frustrating because you can see that so much of what drives your ability to grow and get opportunities is, is so completely out of your control. Is that a kind yeah. of tricky dynamic to manage? But, but equally, could you use that wisdom and, and knowledge of the fact that it is a bit luck and good fortune based to kind of give you make you a bit more centered and say well hey Definitely. I know I know I gave a great performance there you know x y and z I know I took care of the variables even if I didn't get some of the of the good fortune yeah, definitely, definitely. it's a dynamic it's it's definitely a learning dynamic, and like you say, it does make you look inwards and look at what you can control and it's always easier said than done, you know, saying yeah. like <laughs> what you can control you're always gonna think, oh like just wish I had got that part or or you're going to nitpick and say oh I you know I've sung out of tune on that one word and that's messed up the whole like those thoughts will always come in but like you say um there's definitely growth to happen by having the mindset of this is what it is I can't change that so what is most useful for me to do is work on my craft and what is in my control um and doing that training because um, obviously for a lot of performers as well half the time you're not really performing it's a lot of downtime so yeah yeah staying in control by doing uh, workshops or online classes or things like that and doing things that you definitely can control and aid you I think um, are super beneficial for yeah for keeping the 
mental health happy because yeah. <laughs> it must be it must be so mm. bloody difficult um a, a thought that just came to mind and i don't know if you know of this person um I, i'm definitely not a theater buff or someone who knows about all the different actors and stuff on the stage but there's a woman i kind of love from a few videos and some performances of company and a few different other things called elaine stritch she was kind of an older kind of female actress in america for you know um, 40 50 years etc and there's a video sadly when she passed away she had a kind of this obituary video on the new york times and she kind of was talking about how she resented her life being so difficult a lot of the time and just being a performer being so difficult you have to work so hard to earn these opportunities but then she also reflected on it had it come more easily it probably would have been to use her phrase too much christmas <laughs> and that would have got frustrating or annoying as well so you know sometimes we kid ourselves that you know if x opportunity or whatever played out then everything would have been fine but actually when you succeed too that comes with its own trappings so you know take one problem at a time solve it and you know take care of your variables in the moment you're in don't assume that actually you know oh god if only if only i'd got <laughs> that role or this then all of my problems would disappear because you, you'll get some fresh challenges and some fresh yeah. problems you know, would you yeah. say that was sort of sort of true from your experience of actually getting, <laughs> you know, roles and opportunities? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just a, it's just such a it's such a risky detrimental mindset, isn't it? Putting all your hopes and dreams on that one happening, and that's I don't even think that's performer based. I think that's anything based oh, on yeah, putting true. pressure on yourself in any way, shape, or form. Whether it's um, I don't know societal pressures of like you need to start a family or, or I don't know that there, if you put all that all your happiness or success on that one thing it's just yes yeah, such a such a risky risky business um um which no. is something to think about a lot though as a create creative um because I have so many different passions and that's been such a learning journey for me and of like what are my hobbies and what is my vocation like it's it's hard and and there's not a there's not like a set balance like because it's not like every day it would be like oh if I had one hour increments for each passion that's great because some days you just want to like dive in and I just want to sing all day and that's all yeah, I want to yeah. do that day and I have an amazing experience from it and some days I'm like I need a little bit of everything like I need time to meditate today I need time to go for a walk um so I don't even know where I'm really going with this. No, no, it's um, it's it, yeah. it's a lovely it's a lovely thought um, because I I empathise entirely, and it's is something that came up in the first podcast that yeah you need to be remove yourself from the expectations of other people or of society at large about how much time is worth divesting into one interest or one hobby etc. Um, mm. But also it's not that's not um the only source of wisdom like from my own personal experience of uh, my life you know I think I could attribute both some of my joy and growth and personality and my interest in life to the diversity of things that I've tried to do and the interests that I've had but also to some degree you know why I've been picked such divergent things to do um this isn't about me by any stretch, but like I picked a load of um, very different things to do in life at different times of starting uh, kind of organic fashion brands and 
becoming a kind of performance analyst in an ice hockey team and trying to do startups but trying to have a career and doing things like this um and some of that I could probably attribute to a little bit of self-sabotage never quite focusing on one thing enough to do it with some actual excellence and kind of move the needle and then because of my past and trauma you know I was I was a little bit self-sabotaging whereas actually to focus a little a bit more on just a couple of things <laughs> would that's have been a good a idea thing, though. that's such a relatable thing I like exactly you've worded that so well. I don't think I've ever been able to word it that well to other people but I've I've had that a lot in my life where I've had moments of like right this is what I'm doing and then it's like no this is not what I'm doing and what I found super interesting um this is sorry this is really random but like when I was doing my I finished my meditation and mindfulness teacher training course and I kind of was looking at getting into life coaching um and then I had this realization that the reasons that I was looking for of what I wanted to gain out of becoming a life coach were actually all related to what I had been missing and searching for in my identity as when I was a performer and I mm. think that's such a hard thing to navigate and also we are really layered people <laughs> like we have we should be able to express ourselves and and have the have these multifaceted passions like doing lots of different things it shouldn't be that like oh you're a I don't know you're an analyst or you work in marketing mm -hmm. like we, we are human and being human is having so many different things and and yeah for me in the end it was um a realization that I love people I want to explore human connections and empathy but these are all ideas that are discussed in meditation and mindfulness and life coaching and, and they're all interlinked but for me I yeah came to the realization that it was linked mm. to stuff before but um that's, that's hugely where we cross over Maya isn't it it's like we we, we went to uni and studied the same course and it was um it was just so many different things like I mean it was wonderful because we learned a lot about ourselves um, and we learned a lot about the world and performance and music and dance and cool, fun things like that. Um, but yeah, I think where we cross over now is definitely that connection to people. We just we need that. It's like a it's just a need that we have to fulfill <laughs> and uh, we'll look for it in any way you know, that we can and, and in ways where we can help people as well. So, yeah, I think whilst also trying to nurture and nourish ourselves and and that kind of part of us that is kind of like, where do we go and what are we doing with our creative passions? Yeah, no, I, I love there was two key thoughts there, the kind of caring for people, but also how the doing of the different things helps you learn more about yourself. And yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, you, you could probably t attest to the same thing that I think we all know people in life who you've gone on such a, a linear self um, not necessarily self-prescribed journey of just one thing and perhaps their are age you know anywhere between kind of 25 and 35 and they're kind of scratching around they're quite high functioning you know they've got everything under control but maybe they lack a little bit of self-awareness and self-assurance because they've not veered off that path very much or not been uh, given enough freedom or enough personal courage to say actually I'm going to I'm going to try that slightly tangential thing I'm going to try six things and then see we'll see how I feel mm -hmm. uh at one point and I think it's 
you know, uh, clearly a virtue of being in the performance space is that there's so many ways to to build that muscle of being a good performer. It's not necessarily just doing the one thing. It's so many different skills and there's so many different types of performance and whatever. You know, would you yeah. say from your experience, there's been perhaps one or two that have been the most revealing or the most additive to your self-assurance or self-awareness? Or is it more the just the doing of a lot of different stuff? Definitely. Um, I mean, I think as we as we said before, that it, it's changing a lot. Um, there was a time in my life where I lived and breathed and <laughs> dreamt everything yoga. And for me, that was like all of it. And with age and with change, it's changed. And I, I grew to feel at home in a lot more slower restorative things. And that's where my interest for meditation came through. Um, so definitely meditation and singing um for me it's like it's going to sound so corny but it's like when I can just like close my eyes and have a moment to sing it feels like I'm just like what are we transporting to another <laughs> in a whole another world and that's just for me I don't mean singing or performing videos. I mean like when I'm by myself and just able to do that I'll reopen my eyes and I'm like oh, I feel like I've literally just traveled to Mars <laughs> like it's uh yeah it's such a unique experience for me um and I'm sure Mary will say exactly the same because again that's somewhere we we've always connected um yeah with our voices as well yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. it's I always say to people it's like that when you sing it's the for me it's the only time that I feel fully present 100 percent. like you know I can go for a walk I could you know I try and do all those things that you think oh I'll, I'll feel present if I do that but my mind does always wander you know eventually um not that that's a bad thing you know it's just kind of them I notice where I feel the most present is when I'm singing because you're literally activating those amazing parts of you that help you heal if that makes sense and and there's something about releasing your voice and feeling maybe you know a lot of us are told when we're younger that we can't sing or that we shouldn't sing um or we're tapped on the shoulder and we don't get into the school choir or whatever it is you know so it's kind of it's just having that vulnerability to free your voice and embrace it as well and that's what it's all about for me it's it's connecting to yourself and allowing yourself to be present through using your voice and connecting to it yeah it's, it's a wonderful feeling yeah that was that was the word I just scribbled down um vulnerability because that seems to be the the huge huge power of singing is that it's your voice and it's yeah it's it's your noise and and it's such immediate feedback and it's like it's so internal you know would you if you had how much of the kind of self-assurance self-awareness or meditative power of singing do you reckon comes from that vulnerability piece is that one of its biggest tenants, the fact that it is so <laughs> it's so in to out? Yeah, I mean, we've always sung. Singing, it's, it's groundbreaking, you know, what I do, but then it's not as well. We've been doing it for years, thousands of years, and you know, ceremonies, rituals, you know, d- daily human life. We've, we've been singing. It's a huge part of the human landscape. So, yeah, we've kind of grown as, as a society or, with insecurities or whatever that are given to us as well um, to feel like we can't or we shouldn't so there is a huge vulnerability in uh, just letting your voice free even if you consider yourself a singer or like a good singer even 
they're still, you know, you're having lessons and you're being told you could be better, you could improve, <laughs> you know, or you perform and you, you, you're seeing something that you're not happy with. And it's like, oh, there's always this feeling of improvement. So it's just about connecting to it and just letting it be, just letting it be, just letting it, letting your voice be. And uh, something amazing happens when we sing, particularly as a group, you know, we, they even say that your heartbeats begin to synchronize and things like that with the beats. So yeah, there's definitely a sense of, of belonging and, and it's beautiful when you can get in a room and connect with people who afterwards say to me, oh my God, I, I've never sung before like this, or I never thought I could. And thank you. You know, people are so grateful because it's kind of like, wow, you know, my eyes are open now to the idea that I can do this and it's not something that I shouldn't do. Yeah, <laughs> It's that, a scary thing for I, people. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that series of thoughts. Um, but, and it's funny that you just mentioned um, having your eyes open. Um, but I think, because I think, and hey, Mary, I, you are definitely the expert here. That singing as a group piece, and obviously you've mentioned the kind of historical context of that as, you know, as the evolution of groups of people, whether it's, you know, drum beats or humming, chanting, mm. this, these frequencies that can then unite you as a group, you know, are so endemic to what it means to be a human being and connect as a group like it's kind of utterly fascinating I'm I'm not an expert on you know what kinds of frequencies or what what is really kind of driving the real power of that but it's but it's massive um but also you mentioned the the eyes piece like I wondered if they were at all equivalent um I once did a meditation class that involved you know turning to the person you happen to be sat next to and just looking in their eyes for like 15 minutes and oh. the guy was kind of priming you with different thoughts and it's amazing you know neither nobody said anything but you're communicating the thoughts as best as you can without saying anything at all but it, you're just acknowledging each other's respective humanity and there's so much of that that seems to be true of the kind of the group singing experience or maybe even a one-to-one -one singing like two mm. people singing in harmony and it's like all of that costs nothing but it helps you transcend. It helps you connect with other human beings and it's so available, but also we kind of suppress it. Um, but that was a, <laughs> a random series of utterances, but just to go back to the, to the kind of the cathartic power of that, of Mary, obviously you, you run all of these phenomenal classes that use singing as a tool for different kinds of, health improvements and kind of connecting as a group like do you want to just speak to that power of the communal kind of singing experience somebody um said something in my session yesterday um they were talking about how there is this great social sickness of society i think that's what those were their words and they said loneliness yeah. and i just it just hit me hurt it hit really hard because um, I do a singing for breathing class with people who are often quite, you know, elderly or living with um, breathing difficulties um, and they're isolating from since COVID and things like that as well. So some of them are, you know, very, they're very vulnerable people. Um, and yeah, one of them just just said that. And I was like, um, I'm, you know, my heart goes out to everybody that still feels that loneliness 
and we can all feel lonely at times you know even if you're surrounded by people <laughs> you can still feel lonely um and it is a sickness of, of society and the country and you know you just think anything that you can put out there in the world that makes people feel a teeny tiny bit better even if it's just for a few moments um you know it's it's powerful stuff so yeah I think we we talked normally we have a half hour chat at the beginning and then an hour for the singing part of the session and we talked for about I don't know 45 minutes I think yesterday instead um and yeah we only did about half an hour of singing at the end but they said to me Mary it's not a waste of time you know this connection and this this we can talk to other people that are living with similar difficulties that we are living with and and that's what's so lovely about groups that are set up for singing uh, like for dementia or they're singing for Parkinson's they do um, singing for breathing as well of course and um, yeah it's kind of these groups that are set up for that purpose where people can feel connected to others who are going through the same thing or dealing with similar problems um, so yeah, I love running singing overall general singing for well-being classes because you know I'm always like, hey, come in, doesn't matter where you are, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, come and join us, it's great. And people love that too. But there is something so nourishing about a group where it kind of has a sole purpose, a sole mission. Um, and yeah, they all feel that that way, you know, they all feel that connection, and then afterwards they they've done something good for themselves. And um, yeah, it's just, it's powerful and it's so healing and, and it makes me emotional, you know, a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that entirely. And I, I have been meaning to join your uh, morning classes and your online ones for forever. I did mention <laughs> in the, in the uh, first podcast we did how I've got this quiet goal to improve my singing because to what Maya <laughs> said earlier if I could just sit in a room to myself and sing to myself mm. or sing and play some chords I reckon I'd there'd, there'd be a risk I'd never do anything else because <laughs> I think <laughs> I just find that so bloody fun and nice yeah. that I never like I, I really should do it um but to your point about loneliness yeah no wonder you know that person was so insightful to call it a kind of social sickness because we're in a you know in our western society at least we prize mm. individual individualism and the you know the power and autonomy of individual people and also we're you know surrounded by our phones and smartphones which can give us a million different contexts and different bits of dopamine and you know yeah. it just shuts people off you know obviously we're exploring south america at the moment and you see cultures that are, are, are grounded on very very different properties you know you know everybody has a role you know no matter how old you are you know it's heavily community based and sometimes you can be at risk of look at these groups as looking a little bit naive or a little bit unsophisticated but mm. do they have do they have the same problems with loneliness that we're creating in our societies dare I say they don't um you know but yeah that loneliness piece only serves to make the, that the power of your singing classes and the power of kind of anybody with a kind of meditation or uh, a mindfulness mental health bent even more valuable tools in or people in our society because those problems are not going away or problems of loneliness and individualism aren't going away by accident and i think that's where it, there's a really nice oh i think we've frozen oh we can still hear you maya Oh, no. 
oh she has frozen <laughs> it was bound to happen to one of us at some point <laughs> nah, it's, it's all good the power the power of the edit yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but I've, I'm obsessed with that thought constantly it's mm. like it made me really sad when when he did say it because I was like you know he he just felt like he needed to express that in the moment like you know he said the the fact that we talk Mary don't because oh I mean you kind of think oh we're still chatting and I should have started the session you know and I'm just looking at the clock like oh but you know he said to me it's not a waste of time you know sometimes we just need it sometimes we just need to talk (laughs) and for some of them it's the only time in the week that they do which saddens me even more you know but then I'm glad I can give it to them. So it's kind of this weird complex. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, so what were you saying? <laughs> I was going to say just on the point of like loneliness and connectedness, I feel like that's just, it's probably going to be a running theme throughout this podcast, but about um, the different ways singing and meditation are linked as well. I feel like there's that connectedness through like singing, you get that vibrational feel in your body um which is that an added layer and I mean you can get that from chanting in meditation as well it's that sound and it's that vibrational frequency and when you're singing in a group you're connected because you have an immediate um response of connectedness because you can feel it in the moment whereas I feel like with something like meditation when you're by yourself if you're by yourself obviously in a group in a group setting it's different but you're getting that connected this through voice if you're chanting because you're you know connecting to that frequency and by connecting to the earth you're connecting to others it's so it's still achieving the same kind of feeling but manifesting in a different way and, and presenting itself in a different way and maybe it's a slower process with meditation and you get more more of a immediate gratification from singing but but they both have this amazing thing of body experience as well I think it's um yeah Mm, it's that grounding isn't it like in your body exactly yeah 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 yeah. and again that relates for me that's the feeling of presence like if I can feel grounded I can feel as present as I can be hopefully in the moment (laughs) yeah no I, I love that that kind of partnership of thoughts and it speaks a lot to what we're talking about in terms of singing and the you know the the sound making the vibration making of singing but also the power of mindfulness and meditation there there's there are two kind of opposite routes to that same feeling of kind of presence and, and groundedness um and the power of that sort of helping you feel like this complete connectedness to everything whether it's you know that everything happens to be the people in a room or you know global consciousness you know people at large the human condition you know if you can get to that present moment it really mindfully whether it's through chanting or whether it's through sitting in complete silence and having some good kind of um you know meditation techniques utterly yeah. transformative on a self-assurance self-awareness basis um yeah. for, well, it's for looking in, isn't it you look you look in and then that as a domino effect a domino effect elevates your pres- elevates your experience of life as well because by being more compassionate to yourself you have more empathy for others and for the world and that just creates that um feedback loop right like what you give yeah. you get back you put you put out good you get good back I remember a teacher said to me years ago and it's just a funny little saying and I just think of it all the time but it's like 
he says you plant a mango tree you're going to get mangoes you're not going to get coconuts <laughs> it's just a funny silly thing and it's nice to think that you know yeah encouraging that good so what you give to yourself as well is so important in yeah in in your experience of life because it will yeah um, what you give to yourself will help what you give to others which will come back to you too um so that's why yeah I guess that self-awareness and self-assurance are so important um yeah something that just came to mind when you said that um Maya was that that point about introspecting look inwards you know some people find more easy than than others and obviously you two as a pair have this huge spectrum of moments and disciplines where people may or may not be, be looking inwards that much you know obviously the people that, that you meet in your meditation classes or Mary in your singing classes you know maybe they're you know and, and might struggle with that or you know society at large you know people more people perhaps than uh, than the average put up a little bit of a blocker or or attribute a lot of pain to that looking inwards um mm -hmm. would you have anything that came to mind in terms of how you could go from that position of you know feeling quite resistant to that introspection to starting to feel more comfortable doing it hugely yeah definitely I think it's a huge blocker for people they can yeah whether they just are so not used to doing that sort of thing or being creative in that way or they want to do something for themselves and they're just going to try this you know to see if it works for them um yeah I mean it the hardest part is showing up I think a lot of the time and the hardest part is getting people through the door <laughs> once they've come through the door whether it's a zoom door or a real door um it's that's it they're in the room and at least you've got an opportunity to help hold their hand and show them you know and guide them on the way or and if they're open to it they're open to it and if they're not in the moment they're not maybe in a year maybe in 10 years time maybe in 20 years then they'll come back and they'll be like wow I wish I'd given it a go back then but it just wasn't the time and uh you know it's about not putting that pressure on people as well I think um it's a big part of it because for me for me in my journey it was definitely a slow uh evolving process um when I went to London and did uh like I was studying music there and singing and performing I was getting so frustrated and I didn't really understand diaphragmatic breathing like you know allowing my belly to be nice and soft and just I, I thought I should hold it in you know and like squeeze it and and look good for my gigs you know and things like that and my teacher would grab my stomach and just be like, I can't feel it moving, like, and get so frustrated with me. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't you breathing properly? You know, and I just didn't get it at the time. I got so frustrated. I was like, why are you making me feel so bad? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then it wasn't until I started doing singing for breathing and actually did the training and singing for lung health that you kind of start connecting to that. And actually it comes with practice. It really, really does. And I'm still developing my own practice a couple of years later. So, you know, everybody linking back to what we said at the start, it's a journey for everybody. And for some people, it's just not the right time. Their mind is just not in the right place for it or, you know, not in a place where they're going to feel good about it anyway. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of letting people get there or not get there. You know, they might go and try sewing or they might go and try cycling or something else that really works for them. So, you know, it's just if they're called to come and give it a go, all we can do is hold our arms open and go, we're here, you know, come and try it. If not, don't worry. So, yeah, it's kind of just letting people 
um, be on their own journey. Yeah, um, so much I want to touch on there, but on a very practical basis, I don't know if everybody knows, um, and I'm only an absolute novice having read one breathing book, um, the, 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 the diaphragm, you know, it's spoke about a lot in this book. And I have the same issue of trying to do the breathing exercises, but also breathe into my stomach and feel like it's expanding. Again, I'm not an expert. Why is the diaphragm such a powerful, um, you know, part of the whole breathing and singing piece? It's a mystery, isn't it? The diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these amazing things. It's um, I think it's the second strongest muscle in the body apart from your heart, I think or the second hardest working muscle. Um, but the funny thing is we can't see it and we can't control it. So it's like a dome shaped muscle just sort of underneath your ribs, that sort of area. Um, and it separates the upper body, you know, parts from the lower ones, um, like in your stomach and things like that. So yeah, it's this kind of uh, dome shaped muscle that when you breathe in, it, it uh, drops down so that it can, you know make room for the air to come in so that's why we I mean we don't normally say breathe into your belly because I feel like oh. that gives people a, a funny idea and they're like oh how the breath doesn't actually go there you know kind of thing um but if we say you know imagine that your breath is is going to your belly or just a nice low directional breath then it's kind of allowing your your abdominal muscles and those muscles that we can see we can control those a little bit. So it's kind of bringing that awareness um, to those muscles and allowing them to be nice and soft so that when we breathe in, we can expand and we can allow the diaphragm to drop down and then the air can, can drop into the lungs as well. So it's like this container, you know, it, we, we do it naturally. What's so funny is that we, you know, when you look at babies, their tummies are going up and down when they're breathing, same as puppies all that kind of low, low breath, you know, it's so natural. And all we're doing is trying to help people uh, readjust maybe so that their breathing patterns can go a little bit more back to how they, they naturally are. So it's not something that's like completely new to our bodies. We're just kind of giving our bodies the permission to relax and to connect to that again, that natural breath. Yeah, well, that permission piece seems utterly fundamental because what's natural is sort of environmental, de environment dependent, you know, in, in yeah. the, and we, yeah. we talked about individualism and social media and loneliness and like Maya touched on anxiety earlier. If you're mm. anxious, you know, again, from my very it's limited knowledge, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes all a bit shallow. <laughs> and, you know, the difference yeah. between, you know, I think we've all become very used to that breath which is why the kind of diaphragmatic breathing and breathing properly, or to your point, uh, Mary, a bit more naturally as, you know, thinking back into time where we weren't so stressed and anxious. Mm. Oh, it feels good because it's a, it's a different animal to the really tight chest, throaty breathing that you do on a daily basis. If you're worried about, you know, what emails you're going to get in the morning or, you know, yeah. this project, that project you know your your breathing is so indicative of your mental state is that breath and mm. you know mental connection you know so into again I'm <laughs> I'm telling the experts things that they already know um but you know <laughs> if you want to control your mind to some degree control your breath yeah yeah and getting that nice slow breath as well it um same as singing because when you breathe out you're singing 
phrases you know that are quite long so you're you're extending your out breath which is is going to help in so many ways and it helps to strengthen your lungs but it helps to um uh kind of activate the i think it's the parasympathetic nervous system so the one that's opposite to the kind of fight and flight mode you know the one that tells us we're okay we're calm it's it's safe you know and it kind of reassures you in a way that everything's okay so if you are feeling anxious and and your shoulders are up here you know it's the first thing I would say is just try and relax your shoulders and try and unclench your jaw and if you unclench your jaw that's all connected to the throat helps to open all that up and it actually is connected to the diaphragm as well so the more you can just be nice and open in your throat and your jaw you can allow the breath to flow maybe a tiny bit more as well and allow your diaphragm to kind of move in a, a more open and, and flowy sort of way <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing obviously it's it's difficult when you are feeling anxious you can't always just kind of harness that but it's something to practice uh, that's why when you've got a nice quiet moment and you are feeling calm you know you can practice that that breathing and try and connect to it yeah yeah and that, that might be some of the power of singing is that you know instead of feeling like you're going to a breathwork class or doing this really intentional stuff for your physical and mental health you're doing all of those glorious like you know shoulders back you know proper mm-hmm. breathing um practices but you're doing it indirectly through yeah a, you don't even realize yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the beauty of it isn't it yeah in a sense and you're just enjoying the music and enjoying the songs and and having a smile and having a laugh as well you know so important and yeah you just don't and then afterwards all the endorphins are released and you feel amazing and you're just kind of like wow I've actually done something physically and mentally that has helped me now yeah but yeah and that that point about endorphins relates to a question that I wrote down and it's it's a slightly wanky question so (laughs) it might not be the best ever for a, a podcast but you know both singing and uh, meditation as we've already touched on you know have this capacity to bring you to the present moment through one mode or another but as you just touched on the the power of that you know whether it's about presence or feeling good or feeling connected to or grounded you know has a kind of half-life you know until it all kind of run out until you need to you know re-engage again you know from your respective experiences you know do you reckon singing and meditation are, are at all comparable on that kind of half-life I think this is something that comes to mind is that there's such a pressure of people that it's like in order to be present it's meditation and I have to meditate for 20 minutes a day and I have to listen to this podcast by this monk and I have to uh, (laughs) you know be interested in all these things and for me where my passion comes in and it's yes I'm super passionate about meditation because the amazing experience has had on me but but more so is my passion for mindfulness and Mm whilst yes they're interconnected and involved sometimes I feel like it's important to separate because mindfulness is such a um actionable thing like an everyday actionable thing meditation is too for people that are experienced in it or or people that it comes naturally to but not for everyone when I first started meditating it was was not good it didn't come easy to me when I first started either Um, but mindfulness in terms of for example taking a mindful walk like just being present on your walk there's actionable things every day um and for me a huge 
something I love to try and share with people is it's all about the daily habits as opposed to like going on a retreat for a weekend. Yes, it would be an amazing transformative experience and you would walk away being like, oh my God, I'm walking on cloud. But then yeah. you get back to the daily grind and two days later, you're just as stressed as you were before. So it's about finding your own personable way, um, personal way, sorry, of what works for you. So for me, you know, I gratitude journaling or, or yeah doing those walks isn't it perfect 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 answer I love the idea of um you know delineating between mindfulness and meditation one being a, a kind of action one being the kind of broader macro goal that you're striving for and I hate using words like striving and goal <laughs> alongside mindfulness if you excuse the <laughs> excuse those uh, terms um but it, what it makes me think of, there was a, um, uh, yeah, despite the fact you were just saying, well, you don't have to listen to this podcast. I then go and immediately refer to a podcast. Um, the, high, <laughs> the, the High Performance Podcast had a great sit down with Johnny Wilkinson. And he talks, you know, obviously the former famous England rugby player. Um, and he talks a lot about his journey on a mindfulness basis and how he now sees anything as a mindful act you know mm. and he tries mm. to instill that in the other athletes that he works with who can be obsessed about triathlon for example and he's like well what's a triathlon and they're like oh what's yeah what's a triathlon he was like oh it's a swim and it's a run and it's a <laughs> and it's a cycle he's like nah it's it's using it's um it's like motor skills used to achieve a goal so so therefore what's the washing up <laughs> you know it's the same it's motor skills to achieve a goal and you can attack any of them mindfully if you're just there in the moment and therefore anything is capable of being quite meditative you know mm. it's not just the sitting down and the chanting on a on a chair or whatever yeah. and perhaps the the relatively short-term moment that that is you know it's been powerful in my own life to just see anything as you know capable of being a mindful act mm, it sounds a bit oh sorry Go, 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 go. <laughs> I was just going to say, it sounds a bit cheesy, but I think it, there is deep beauty in so much, even in the mundane, you know, it's, and we, we forget that it's there and, and we are living these, you know, harder, faster, better, stronger lives, you know, that you just don't slow down and notice it. So for me, I think it's just bringing that attention and allowing your attention to just be there. That's why when you're meditating, or when you're singing and you're focusing on your breath, you're focusing on your body, you're focusing on how you feel in the moment or allowing yourself to just kind of just be in the moment. And, and then the focusing comes just from that, you know, kind of thing. So it's it's so important to to connect to that and to to, yeah, just experience it and come away like, wow, you know, that made me feel better. And that that made me I think going back to the half life thing you were saying I think it's kind of it's a practice and I think the more that you do it the 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 more invested you'll feel in it and also you'll feel those benefits as well long term I mean with with my singing for lung health group they've actually been to their lung function tests and been told that it's improved and they'll say you know it's since joining this group and doing it every week and doing the exercises and uh yeah dropping into it and connecting to it and then doing the exercises in their own time as well at home and uh yeah just it it does it's a ripple effect I think all this joy and all this connection and calm that we can bring people and that you can connect to and and 
yeah, I think it, it just continues the more that you allow it to continue. No, a hundred times over. And I love the thought about, you know, things being, everything is beautiful if you look at them closely enough. Yeah. Um, like on the on the No Waste Today digital journal, I've got these little loading screens that just throw up a quote. And, you know, one of them is from Constable, the famous um, oil, English oil painter. And he's, I'm not going to remember every word of it, but the thought is that, you know, everything is fundamentally beautiful, you know, with a bit of, you know, perspective, light and shades, you know, i.e. paying some attention, you know, giving it the attention it deserves, you know, there's, there's beauty there. Um, mm. And also speak on the cheesy front. <laughs> I think I saved on Instagram, uh, just citing po other podcasts, um, uh, saved uh, Brian Cox, the kind of astronomer guy who was on Joe Rogan. And he talked about, um, how we're all just these entities made up from the particles of dead stars. And we've got this kind of really small sliver of consciousness that we're experiencing. And yet people want more, you know, how much, yeah. <laughs> you know, we can think and feel and act and we're all just these particles and whatever. And it's like, you know, but yet we've created a society where we're comparing ourselves to other people all the time. And mm if we don't have as much as you know that person then ah, okay well my life is a failure or my life is less worthwhile and it's it's an absolute mess because with the right perspective and perhaps benefiting from some of the positive ripple effects and making some good mindful decisions that mm. beauty is everywhere that presence the power of now all of that stuff is is massive absolutely massive but the journey to to our broader point about a journey getting people from perhaps where society has dragged them to a point where that mindfulness piece that presence piece that beauty piece is more common in more people's lives hopefully <laughs> hopefully a needle I can somewhat try and move in the with no wasted days but it's you know it's, it's not so easy yeah 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 so true I love that I'm gonna give that a heart <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't the lens we're going we're going back to our just our a, a, yeah. sil a silent minded <laughs> mind podcast um you made me think yeah. of just one, one section both of you were in both of what you were saying um there's there was a section in my um yeah, in the mindfulness course I did of just doing versus being because there's also this thing of yes we do want to look for mindfulness and try and be more mindful but it's not it's not trying to deny that doing and and having ambitions and um things are bad because they're great they're good they motivate us they give us a strive and a hunger for life and and they're just as necessary but it's like practicing going between the two so we literally did an exercise where we went from you had a piece of paper and you went from I can't remember how many what the increments were but I think it was like 10 or 15 seconds you went from writing everything you felt like you needed to do that day or in the coming days to then just trying to just switch off and just being in the moment and it's such a fun tool to play with and and um yeah it's just a recognition that that you know both are vital but um yeah both, both no, are necessary I, in, in aiding our uh, yeah experiences yeah. I threw my hands in the air because I I, <laughs> I I don't I don't think that's a thing that enough people appreciate or uh or even just a set of terms that people feel comfortable and aware enough to use just doing and being because they're they they can feel like they uh, they're on two different ends of the same spectrum 
but yeah. also your being is expressed during your doing you know like you know pick mm -hmm. any performer you, you know there or any footballer any person doing anything there are some people that do it and they exude these values of you know compassion or collaboration or whatever this these things that express parts of their being and there's some people that would do exactly the same activity and do it in a very kind of perhaps a less uh, holistic nice way and it's such a an easy framework once you get your head around the idea um no it's massive doing and being i love that I love that quote. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but it's like, we are human beings, not human doings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. It's finding that healthy balance, isn't it? Because like you say, Maya, we are, it's so healthy to have goals and ambitions and things that you want to do in life. But it's, it's yeah, allowing yourself to slow down and take it one day at a time as well. And I, I recall that little picture where there's a person at the bottom of a ladder and they can't reach the first uh, like step on the ladder. It's really high up and then there's loads more steps and they're just kind of like, oh, that's it. I'm never gonna get up there. But there's a person next to them with their ladder and they've got little tiny steps. And they're like, you just take the small steps, you know, don't envision that you have to be there already, you know, see yourself where you are now and allow yourself to just make those small steps, even if it's one tiny thing every day. And I remember it, you know, being like that coming out of drama school. It's kind of like, oh, you know, and you're you're kind of revisiting it now, Maya. It's like approaching, you know, auditions and show reels and voice reels and things like that. It's like if you just do one tiny thing every day that contributes towards this goal, then you'll get there. And it doesn't matter how long it takes, you know, it's about going on your own journey and just, you know, feeling it out and being there and experiencing it as well, not seeing a huge step and thinking how do I get there you know it's it's one thing at a time one day at a time one breath at a time <laughs> how about that <laughs> no. no that's perfect and, and it's perhaps a good technique generally speaking for avoiding some of the because obviously yeah if, if you see a goal as particularly too daunting too large then it's easy to default to you know being less self-assured you know less self-aware than just you know you've expressed a set of ideas that you know people will perhaps know in the back of their minds but they don't use them enough as techniques and tools for being more self-assured and self-aware you know you can't climb a mountain in a single bound no um, Rome wasn't built in a day isn't that a quote as well you know yeah. it's just with, with the society that we live in there's so much pressure to get things done soon <laughs> and people just don't have that patience anymore I feel like you know it's it's not as prominent in society to be like slow down and you know you'll get there just kind of do what you need to do and keep working hard and keep um you know doing what you can and what under what you can control as well and then also like we were saying earlier luck and uh you know being in the right place at the right time all of that comes into it as well so it should all just kind of melt together eventually and and you get there you, you just do <laughs> in whatever way you're supposed to get there you get there. <laughs> yeah well or, or at least the thought about you'll get there you know I think is 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 kind of a tricky one because you know the the point of being mindful and taking things steadily and etc isn't that it will guarantee you the outcome that you want it 
it's more that you in the moment you won't trade your joy and happiness and contentment for whatever that happens to be you know that's mm. what I feel is the promise of mindfulness and engaging and introspecting and whatever it's like who knows what the outcome is going to be but you're taking yeah. care of the variables as best as you can and you're being as joyful and as mindful as you possibly can on the route to doing it because some yeah. people you know on the route to an outcome or, or a goal will feel terrible constantly and then either it will happen or not happen and either they'll continue to feel terrible or they'll have this kind of brief relief <laughs> when the thing actually plays out but you don't have to live life yeah. that way yeah. if you no. like through everything we've said about beauty and presence and mindfulness and whatever moment to moment take care of control what you can control and be be here you know mm. and and then hey the thing will play out the way it plays out but um yeah well at least I that's the, the wording of I don't know what the alternative is, but I know that. Yes, exactly. That's part of the problem with a lot of this. The wording of goals is also such a questionable one because there's this, I heard this thing, like I was reading about it. I wish I could remember the name, but my partner went something where something he like was really, really working and striving towards had happened. And instead of obviously being over the moon, as most people would expect, he like got quite down. And it's just like, and I started reading about it. It's like this, it's a certain type of depression where it's just like, because you had placed so much of your energy and pressure of getting that thing, then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, what do I do now? Um, yeah, when, when this thing, thing. yeah, yeah, it's like this yeah. thing of setting, I'm trying to think of an alternative word, but maybe it's more like aspirations or motivations. It's just trying to make it not an end, um mm. an end place make it more of a moving journey and a constant mm. thing and that's yeah, where yeah. the mindfulness comes into play and carrying it through like rather than being like oh at 30 I'm gonna be this and have this and do that it's more just like <laughs> um happy. obviously we need aspirations and dreams but honoring the journey I guess and honoring your own way of yeah traveling through life rather than getting mm. to an end place um yeah I don't know if you guys think of any words no, but it's, it's, I, it's always listen to people saying don't say goals don't don't use the word goals it's just yeah yeah, yeah. or I love it I love that um yeah. I love that you've said that because it's like even if you just even if you didn't you just use the word goals you just you just acknowledge that everything is a beginning both an end and a beginning so don't be motivated by getting to the end of something but don't kid yourself it's the end of everything you know there will be another beginning that follows that end you know yeah. so be, be ready ahead of time to kind of load yourself up for that new beginning and yeah. hopefully that's you know that marries the the power of having the motivation of an end point and a purpose and an objective but also the mindfulness and the circumspection that okay that isn't going to be it forever you know like there will be stuff that exists beyond that and I, I look forward to what those new beginnings might be. That's at yeah. least what came to my head. Exactly. And again, it sounds a bit cheesy, but the hard parts are almost just as important as all the good stuff that happens along the way, you yeah. know, because you can be so down like, and have moments where you're like, am I doing the right thing? Like, is this actually working? Am I actually reaching anybody with the work that I'm doing? You know, and anyone that works in that creative or holistic field, you know, feels that I think because the need is so there but sometimes people are hesitant or you know don't feel ready to to try it or you feel like you're not reaching enough people or doing enough or being enough you know again relating to that feeling of comparison maybe and and I could be doing more and 
I should be doing it better and I should do more training and I should do more this and I should do more, more, more. Um, so yeah, it's just remembering as well that those hard moments are so important because they're they're there to help us in a way. Like they're there to kind of to reassure us that we care and and that we are, you know, it's hard, it's a hard journey, but yeah. Over it's, flowers. Right. Yeah, exactly. And also being re what's it called? Uh like if you're rejected, you know, some people might say rejected from something or from a job or whatever it's actually just redirection to somewhere else so I think it's really nice to try and remember that um I know it can be so hard you know it's easier said than done but it's that's something I've definitely learned and going back to the reassurance and um self-assurance and self-awareness diagram like from before COVID because I was under the line I feel like I'm learning this now which is why I'm just above the line now I think uh, in terms of self-assurance still a long way to go but you know we're going. That couldn't be more couldn't be more on point. I think you know. Again, we're in a society that prizes convenience and ease and availability, and you know, therefore, by accident, kind of alienates kind of the hard times or the harder work or the suffering. You know, I hate to say suffering, but there's some there's some effort that's constructive that feels like suffering. But you know, you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Um, but also it's so hard to tell what the good or bad thing is in the moment you, that you're existing. Um, there's a random uh, kind of uh, apocryphal thing that I've heard a few times of um, it's like a, a cowboy and his son or I might be I might be butchering this. Um, but, <laughs> but like, you know, they they're out in the fields and they come across some wild horses and they bring these horses back to the um, village town and everyone's like oh wow you got these new horses isn't that good and and the the cowboy is like wise enough to go well we'll see uh, uh, and then whilst kind of breaking in the horses the following day the the son who's doing it falls off and breaks his back and so you know the the people in the village hear this and they're like oh god that's bad isn't it he broke his back and the, the cowboy's like well we'll we'll see um but then the next day the um there's some conscription you know there's people that need to go into the military and the son because he's broken his back he can't do the military thing so then again the villagers are like well that's lucky isn't he? he doesn't have to go into the army and then the guy's like oh well we'll, we'll see and it obviously goes on these loops because right. you should be mindful and circumspect enough to not just prescribe things as good or bad as they're happening because you don't know you know the the things that are tough that happen to us at times are the things that to your point mary that are the most kind of biggest sources of our growth and then in retrospect we're like oh that wasn't fun at the time but i i'm not sure i'd have had it any other way yeah. um but yeah mm. we could just quickly yeah. judge things as bad or good 100 percent yeah um, but anyway there's definitely if, for anybody that wants a slightly better telling of that story <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think there's about 50 of them that exist on YouTube somewhere. Uh, so I'll, I'll link I'll link it into the show notes so you don't have to cope with mine. Um, <laughs> do you have any stories you could share from your space in the world that speak to where we are as a society with self-assurance and self-awareness? Um, yeah, does anything come to mind when I when I throw that thought out there? I don't know why and I don't know if this is the right on the right track but for some reason social media just pops into my head 
Um, I think because working in the kind of industry we do, like all of us, I'm sure we've experienced this, like the way the world is moving, everything, like if you don't have an Instagram account, you don't exist kind of thing. And people want accessibility straight away. And I, I literally live life in such a battle with it because it's amazing. It creates opportunities. It has in the past few years really raised awareness on key things of meditation, meditation, mental health, um, well-being and all that stuff. But also it's one of the biggest triggers and one of the biggest, biggest causes. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I'm still on a, my own journey as well of figuring out where we are but definitely I feel like the conversation is bigger and larger and more accessible and available um as we see by so many people um choosing careers or things in in holistic and well-being places which is amazing it's funny that that came to your mind because that was exactly what came to Sam's mind in the, in the first podcast too and obviously he was looking at it through a frame of a little bit through a frame of advertising but more just a broader um, kind of society point about you know is social media um, uh, the cause of lots of our suffering you know or is it a symptomatic of where we are in terms of what we want and how we engage and how we treat each other and how we look at each other you know and his point was you know it's often thought of a cause but it's also sort of symptomatic um mm -hmm. too of a kind of suffering mindset a comparative mindset all these things that actually you know any person who knows near enough anything about mindfulness and meditation are, you know think these are things you want to avoid <laughs> not things you want to build Promote. platforms with billions of people on <laughs> you know so um yeah, it's funny that that came to to your mind too my yeah and again it relates to the loneliness theme because you can be looking at your social media and you know feel like you have loads of friends or you know like everybody's all connected and all this stuff but the truth is it can make people feel more lonely because you know then again the comparison creeps in you know and it's comparison is such a thief of joy that you know you can't you then feel oh well, actually maybe I should be doing that or I should be doing this um yeah it's 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 a funny one Maya like you say because it it's so helpful but then it's also a hinder hindrance as well so um yeah I think it's just about using it in a way that works for you as much as you can and yeah, I know ladies, um, I did a training in singing mamas recently and, you know, a few of them are older ladies that have kids already and things like that, or they already work in um, uh, kind of providing music sessions for kids and things like that. Um, but they want to do this, which is all about mums and women. So it's kind of inviting, you know, that a singing group just for them and they can bring their kids if they have them. Um, and they kind of were saying, oh, I, I've never used social media or, you know, how do I create a a poster how do I do this how do I create a social media post you know and I've got to think of a name and uh, and so um you know quite a few of these things are popping up and it's great to see and obviously obviously we're all following each other and you you kind of support everybody with it but it's it's kind of sad that people feel that pressure that they have to do it like you don't have to do it but then it's it is they are doing it because they feel like if they don't they don't exist you know as as a group or as a company or whatever it is that they're doing and yeah it's just it's helpful to get the word out in many ways but then it, it makes you feel so under pressure at times as well and you just don't feel like you're doing enough which is hard <laughs> yeah it's it's such it's such a bind it, and if anything <laughs> 
we should do a um well yeah a no race today's podcast which explores this one issue because there's yeah. so many tangents and parts of it and so many kind of like well if i move down this way but it, it's kind of helpful but also not um but yeah uh, yeah so difficult i don't want to go down to this <laughs> this lane too much but yeah because i like you said maya i've had my own kind of like I've come off it I'm on it I'm off it I'm on it oh wait I'm trying to do a thing that's putting thoughts into the world probably better have <laughs> better have an account to the degree it is a cause of issues or a way of perpetuating people's loneliness or making people worse off mentally like I was thinking personally and selfishly about my own projects it's like well if I've got some good thoughts to put out there some good techniques some good activities and and there's people in the world, you know, pick your least favorite social media person, you know, Andrew Tate, any of these people. If they've got the the gall to put their curious values and stuff into social media, then we need a few people like the people that tend to appear on this these podcasts, you know, yeah, sensitive, engaged, smart people to help, mm. you know, because maybe you know, there's one thought that comes out from these first four hours of podcast that helps one person. I, I feel that's worth the time and effort then. Yeah, you know, and then it, it contradicts, yeah, it contradicts the idea of the feeling like I'm not reaching enough people. It's like, well, actually, if you just reach one person, you know, where your job is done, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and I think to that point as well, on a kind of self-assurance basis, because I think, yeah, as we've just touched on, you know and I, I definitely feel you Mary in terms of like well is my message reaching enough people because I've started obviously creating content for this and getting it out there and you see some of the numbers but like I kind of I try and come right back to myself so it's like uh, am I controlling the variables as best as I can is this helping me and perhaps the the, the direct kind of caucus of people that this reaches um yes and that's success to some degree mm -hmm. you know if I've made my even just myself better off and nobody else worse off that's success and then anything after that whether you know the the journal that I've created has a million users or not all of that other stuff is sort of gravy it's sort of extra after that initial moment of success if I've created a, a, a little positive and no negative then yeah. that's success that feels like success to me but it's not like uh you know startup success forbes magazine blah 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 <laughs> but i feel mm -hmm. successful and i think that helps me feel more assured yeah you're putting good into the world which is that is success <laughs> if if anyone can get to the end of their lives and think i did what i could and i put some good out there amazing you know that's it yeah and be and be aware enough of of any potential downside you know, yeah. I like it's something I've been super conscious of with what I'm doing from the very beginning. And, and it's obviously it's not really reaching anybody in a big way at the moment. But like on the journal that I've created, I've also created this short course called The Art of Looking, because it's like the diary format is built around this kind of great mindful diary piece. But also there's some data and some insight. And there was there was that chance that the data and insight could be triggering to people because it's because it's kind of weird to see you how you feel or what you've done kind of played back to you. And I would hate to think that somebody saw that or was exposed to that 
without sufficient context or information and then end up to you yeah to your point of being triggered and then being worse off you have to be confident that you're doing something good um not just you know give yourself a you know an apparently appreciative pack on the back because you it seemed like it was good you know it's it's, it's tough so because you never know what the exact effects of what you're doing are but you know on a, on a self-awareness basis if you can introspect well enough to go I'm pretty sure that was good and I'm pretty sure if it was bad it would have been bad in these ways and I've tried to mitigate that um, mm. I have a story about that um obviously you <laughs> don't have to include it <laughs> but um I have a story related to that um because I did a, I've done a couple of short courses with an organization in Cambridge and they run courses for adults who live with um, maybe mental health difficulties or um, you know just a variety of different societal problems um, and they they come to the group because I mean they apply for it and they know what it's all about and they know what the course is um, and they they can do any other subject you know they do they do art they do drama they do dance they do uh, you can do uh, I think at one point they were doing pottery and things like that and then I turn up going singing <laughs> and I think they were all a bit like oh my god okay well we'll try it and see um, and it's it's a very uh, natural voice perspective you know and I, I was very welcoming to everybody in the room you know I, I never turn anybody away and I feel like it's it's a very it's a container for community, you know, the sessions that I run. And I wanted to um, kind of interpret that in, in this course that I was doing as well. Um, so I had a real variety of people, really difficult to navigate at times. Um, but I think, yeah, there was, there was one point where I did a song. I shared a song with them that was called Everything is Possible. And it's a really upbeat song and it's got a few, because I felt the mood in the room was a bit low. So I was like, okay, let's do an upbeat song. Let's get our heart rates going. Let's have a little boogie. Let's have a, have some fun. Um, so the song was, everything is possible. This I know. Um, I'm bountiful and free. That's what the words are. And uh, it's really upbeat, you know, everything is possible. This I know, <laughs> this I know this I know everything is possible this I know I'm bountiful and free and then it goes on and, and you know they, they were really getting into it it's a song by Leah Morris love her she's amazing um but yeah so they were really getting into it and I there was one um, person in the room that was thinking as we were doing it and I noticed them sort of declining in their chair and kind of moving further and further away and they at one point they put their lyrics on the floor and they were like, you know, like disengaging, making it very clear that they, you know, didn't want to partake, partake in this particular song. Um, but I had 10 people in the room, you know, that were singing. So it's, it's really hard. And the group, what's magical about a group like this is that they can sense it as well. And the group kind of holds that and, and holds the person, you know, without, it kind of nourishes the person it just naturally you know everyone kind of senses it and they're like okay well we're here for you like letting you know and uh we did stop because I just got to a point where I was like I just can't continue like you know well we'll come back to this song maybe sort of thing um and this particular person who had shrunk away and and, and we opened up a discussion um I just felt like it was right you know we didn't normally go into big long-winded discussions but I just said you know how how is everybody feeling you know let's let's just share you know how we're feeling in the moment how's this song making you feel 
because for me, from a practitioner point of view, it's always great to ask as well how people are responding to something. And if you can feel that there's a negative presence about it, you know, it's kind of like, oh, am I doing something wrong? You know, then the the committee in your head, <laughs> you know, starts telling you <laughs> you're doing it wrong. You shouldn't have shared that. What are you doing? Why are you, you know? And there's a song for every situation, really. So I kind of thought, right, let's not do that. Let's do this really slow one that we did last week just to help us feel a bit grounded again, you know, and, and come away from that feeling at the moment. Um, but yeah, and then we went into a discussion and this person did say, like, I don't relate to this song. You know, it's not true. Not, you can't say everything is possible. And, uh, and in a way, the group responded, you know, and they we had this discussion and a few of them were saying, well, it's not about everything being possible obviously you know you can't fly you know there's things that we can't do as people um but it's kind of implying that if you give your best and you know try and find moments of of joy and and moments of purpose you know as you're going along then then you never know what you could achieve is kind of what it's implying really um so yeah we just had a discussion and I'm so glad that we did because you know, the group responded in that caring way, like they all came in, you know, and it wasn't just me going, ah, uh, ooh, ooh, sorry, I shouldn't have shared it, like, ooh, you know, kind of thing. And I, I wasn't made to feel bad. And I did say to my volunteer afterwards, you know, we left the session, everybody was okay in the end. And it was just a little blip, you know, it was a kind of, oh, I don't connect with that. I don't want to do it, you know, kind of thing. And then the group came in, nurtured it, it was okay. And then I said to my volunteer afterwards, I was like, should I have done that? I feel like I shouldn't have, have shared that song. It was too happy. You know, maybe people are coming to this group that, you know, they're not feeling great. They don't want to be told everything is possible. You know, I, I can understand that when you're feeling really down, you know, sometimes, you know, like when you're feeling anxious, if someone just says, calm down, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not helpful, is it? So, um, yeah, I don't know. But my volunteer just said, no, Mary, like trust yourself and trust the music. And they still enjoyed it, even though it, it they didn't connect with it and they, you know, kind of shut down. It was like this, nope, I'm not going to continue and I want to just talk about it. That was still just as important as sharing the song and having that group discussion and knowing that the community there was so, you know, in touch with how that person was feeling and they all were going through their own things as well. So it was just like this, like I said before, like this container for community and everybody just kind of rallied around each other and and we left all feeling okay and all feeling good really um but yeah my volunteer was like please you know don't feel like you can't share happy songs because you know 10 people in that room loved hearing it and maybe that particular person will go away and think about it and sing it a bit more at home and maybe they'll connect to it or maybe they won't and that's okay like don't worry don't ever feel like it's you you know trust that you're putting a good thing out there and you're doing it for a reason and you know if people aren't connecting that day it's it's not on you it doesn't it's not something that you've done wrong <laughs> so um yeah I've definitely no. learned that sorry about the long story but... no that, that's, a, that's <laughs> a fabulous fabulous um example it relates a little bit to a quote I wrote down earlier is like the day you plant the seed is not the day you bear the fruit and it's like mm -hmm. maybe maybe you planted a seed just then you forced a feeling that was inside this person just to come up to the surface and yeah. maybe that will make it easier the next time or that they will ruminate on the song and you know 
then when somebody else is compassionate enough and creative enough and nice enough like you are to you know to offer them a similar thought or a similar handout you know they might be a bit closer to taking it because you know yeah. uh, um, it's a wanky phrase um, but I think we're all in different respects on like this threshold of understanding or this spectrum of understanding and sometimes when something happens we're nudged over the the, the critical mark and then we seem to get it and you know and lots of all the people in that room apart from that one person were clearly in a place where as it relates to that concept that was embodied in the song yeah they were they were beyond the the, the threshold of understanding and therefore they were like everything is possible you know <laughs> but but you know that person you know that you had the initial tough reaction might have actually been nudged along massively on that you know yeah. on that threshold you just couldn't see it because it was internal it was kind of held within in, inside so you, you know you could have done an extraordinary amount of good and yeah. and yeah you can't I sometimes have the same dynamic. Something I've been obsessed about for some time is like values in the workplace and team cultures. And you sometimes get the same reaction from people when you try and talk about those things or you talk about values because people can be a bit skeptical or a bit um, cynical about what their role is. But actually, if you embody them properly, because like you, you would have embodied the, the positive qualities of that song above and beyond just singing it. And, you know, if you can do that time and time again then eventually even the people that are lower down on the threshold of understanding they'll they'll move up and eventually they'll get it it might be six months later it might be 12 months later it might be 18 months later but it's like you're getting closer every time that you do that gracious compassionate authentic thing and yeah. that is why as a, <laughs> speaking of long-winded answers that's why you should keep you know being authentic and being kind and being you know yeah. singing those happy change, songs yeah don't change what you are doing you know because of that reaction like it's in a way that was maybe an important thing to happen because we then got some emotions out some tears were shed you know yeah. there was a real sharing in the group when we had that little group discussion afterwards that I just thought that was essential you know in itself so whatever happened you know whether they sung the song or not you know they there was something was released something came up for them like you said and uh it was it's all part of the healing process and hopefully yeah yeah that's that's so true yeah I just and it's, love that. And, it's and it's sort of true on the flip side too is like that person's skepticism and cynicism about everything being possible might have been a nice antidote to other people in the room who were like so perpetually optimistic and positive <laughs> but they but they did that to a fault as well they they weren't skeptical or cynical enough you know they, they everything they saw was with a rose tinted glasses and da, 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 da. but you know and which is often a, a positive thing but if you do it constantly and it betrays other things that you're avoiding then it's sort of negative so you know it could have benefited people in reverse word Fab fabulous screams yeah. out as well it does and also just wanted to say intention as well like important thing to remember in those sorts of situations your intention has always been good and you are there like your intention for doing that's always good always is good and it might not hit right to certain people it's not right or wrong but it might not hit in the way expected way let's say yeah. um as most people do but like we said it's it's created feeling and that's in the end kind of what your hopes were for that session to connect to some kind of feeling and yeah you're it's just important to remind yourself you know 
yes maybe that person didn't quite it didn't sit quite right it didn't sit quite well with them but um it did instill a feeling and you were authentic and by staying authentic people will connect to that and like Richard said they might climb up that ladder because by you staying at your level of authenticity they'll be like oh, okay I get okay this is Mary and this is what I get from these sessions and, and this is what she's trying to help us achieve um yeah yeah exactly such a good story yeah I think the that intention piece is is so fascinating and I can understand why you've mentioned it because it's such a key pillar to mindfulness and meditation and it's often the bit about it that I forget to do you know whenever when I'm meditating I focus on my breath and the presence of it I often forget to do the intentionality bit um but um but it is so powerful and it also sort of ties back to what we were just talking about like I am not a <laughs> worldly wise philosopher but I did once have this this quote that I came up with which was there's no such thing as good and evil there's just good and good intent because I think everybody re like regardless of who you talk to people are well intended in what they do it's just that their intentions and the direction of their energy has got just a bit <laughs> wild and off course with what actually the fundamental tenets of a joyful connected uh, you know holistic life are you know I, I remember reading it in a book once that that Al Capone when defending himself in court was saying he did everything he did in terms of you know hardcore crime to defend his family and um, community and it's like so he was well intended in what, what he was doing but just the the actions were had gone so far beyond the 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 kind of nature of his intentions um but getting to a place where you're introspective and I often use the thought of being honest and empowering you should be empower yourself by taking certain perspectives and belief but you can't trade that for honesty you do have to be engaged with what the actual effects of your, you know, your perspectives are or your actions. And you can do those two things together. Then it's not a sub-zero game, a zero-sum game even, where you're trading honesty for empowerment. You can be maximally honest and maximally empowering. Um, but again, people, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, but it's so fucking valuable if you can, um, because then you're true to a situation, but also true to your, you know, intentions, your best laid intentions to back to the original thought <laughs> <laughs> i'm waving my hands in the air. <laughs> yeah. but it's but yeah i'm so glad you said the word empowering i was like oh that is exactly what you want you want to hold that space for well-being and empowerment that's you know because so, giving people empowerment is like i don't know for me it's like here you go here's your power it's literally like handing it to them and being like you've got this and you've always had it you might have forgotten that you had it or you might have lost it or you might have you know your intentions were elsewhere or whatever but this is your this is your moment to kind of hold it again and this is this is what you can feel in the moment it's yours and whatever that person was feeling if they didn't connect to something in a session that's okay you know that's that's why holding the space is so important just that idea of holding that space and it doesn't matter what comes up for people because they are empowered to feel exactly how they feel in that moment and whether it's you know feeling really down or needing to express that emotion or you know even with music it can be upsetting you know and it can be triggering and and tears can just flow you know I cry all the time when I'm singing sometimes so 
you know I'm kind of like that's fine and and you you can all do that too and we can all hold the space for each other so it's that empowerment to feel whatever is there in the moment whatever it is no matter what I'm so glad you said that <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's important and it's important that you know it's not doesn't get relegated to being this kind of fluffy word where it's kind of all just false positives and pats on the back and rah 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 it's like it's this bigger idea than that it's a space you're creating of safety and trust and engagement and introspection which that life doesn't always give you you know and in the aggregate if you can do that for someone but also somebody else can do that for somebody you know someone's chance of you know looking inward being self-assured and self-aware goes up massively you know it's it is I don't want to speculate too much, but if you lose those empowering spaces in the aggregate, if your friends can't empower you, if your family can't empower you, if your school can't empower you, blah, 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 then, then no wonder you get, you know, in a weird place mentally. But, you know, so we should never feel bad using the word empowering or empowerment because it's a, it's a big aggregate in society and, and people that can do it, you know, to our point about, well should I share should I use social media or whatever hey if you if you can empower people you know in physically or digitally you know maybe consider doing it <laughs> yeah because people need it yeah the need is so strong oh, I actually heated my coffee up because I had a tiny bit left well a good a couple of mouthfuls left <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have to do that constantly because I'll make a cup of tea and then just either forget about it or be so just in- consumed with what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah. then I'll turn to it. It's like, oh, I've got tea. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, ice cold. <laughs> Welcome back to the No Race Today's podcast. We've all just had a wee. <laughs> and, and I've got some, got some more water or coffee. Um, but yeah, my next kind of uh, uh, question is one of the kind of spine questions of this. Uh, format which is could you share a technique or activity that someone could try to either dramatically or incrementally improve their self-assurance or self-awareness it'd be nice to do a little very simple breathing meditation um so we're all already sitting but if you want to just adjust yourself into a comfortable seat maybe you want to quick take a quick roll of the shoulders yeah quick in the neck um before settling into however is comfortable for you today do try and make sure you keep your spine nice and straight so that you remain relaxed but alert throughout the process um, and just notice the points of contact of your body and the seat beneath you for a moment here letting your hands fall naturally onto your lap or wherever they want to sit and on your next exhale if you haven't done so already Gently close down your eyes, bringing yourself into the present. Consciously ask your body to relax here. Relax your shoulders, your neck. Soften your jaw. Soften your eyebrows. Trying to let go of any worries and for the day ahead. Welcoming stillness into the body. 
and quietness into the mind. Start to bring your attention onto your breath. Just letting it be in its own natural rhythm. Notice how it feels flowing in and out of your breath. Notice where you feel it most. Perhaps in your nostrils as you breathe in. Maybe in your chest. Now I invite you to slowly start to deepen that breath. Feeling the air filling up your lungs. Breathing into belly, ribs, chest, and exhaling fully. Inhaling a sense of peace and calm. Any stress or tension. Find your mind starts to wander. Try to approach this in a non-judgmental way. Just notice the thoughts, accept them, and let them pass. Treat them like clouds in the sky of your consciousness. And then gently guide your attention back onto your breath. Let your breath be your See if you can breathe into any areas that might be feeling particularly tense today. Visualize those areas expanding with your breath, causing them to loosen and surrender. This is your time. You deserve this time. You deserve to feel relaxed. Nothing to do but to spend a moment with your breath. So I invite you to take one last big deep inhale in and exhale sight everything out through the mouth. Bring yourself back into the room by noting those points of contact with your body and the seat once more. Feeling the fingers, 
And whenever you feel ready, gently open your eyes. Taking comfort in knowing that your breath is always there, bring you into the present moment whenever you may need. That was immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Um, I've never, I've not done many kind of personally led meditation things. I'm so used to doing the kind of Headspace app, and I'm so mm. fucking used to what the guy, the guy says at this point. Um, but to have you say other things about surrender and deserving it and, you know, like it makes it so much more kind of like, oh, that was, <laughs> that was perfect. I loved that. I'm glad you liked it. Move into a little thing maybe now. Wait. Are you ready? <laughs> um, if, if we're going to do it now, um, I would advise that we just pop uh, you guys on mute, if that's okay. Uh, so, yeah. so I can, I can, I have the power. <laughs> oh, no, I don't have the power. Richard has the power. <laughs> yeah, I can, can I invite? There you go. Nice. Okay, lovely. So, um, yeah, now we're nice and calm and centered and rooted and grounded um and connected as well to the breath now um let's just place our hands on our lower belly so just kind of just showing your belly some love <laughs> just pop your hands there and uh just see if you can notice the feeling of when we breathe in just allowing your be belly to be nice and soft letting it expand and then as we breathe out a sense of softening and returning as your tummy moves back in towards your spine ready to release again we'll just take a couple more slow breaths and noticing if you can relax your jaw and seeing if that relaxes your belly a tiny bit more and i'd like you to picture your breath now like an ocean wave rising cresting and falling and just noticing how it feels so we're completely meeting ourselves without any judgment just noticing and on your next out breath we'll do an ocean wave breath on a sound so we're just inviting a little bit of sound now and holding as long as you can. We'll do a few of these in a row. Here we go. And letting your breath drop back in. Lovely, let's do one more. Great, and this time we're going to add a little bit of a singy sound. So we're going to add a she. So we're just holding a she sound, nice and soft, nice and gentle. Just let your voice come out in its own way. Here we go. She... 
letting the sound dissipate, <laughs> is that the word? <laughs> Dissolve <laughs> into the universe somewhere. Lovely. Um, let's do um, just a nice little hand rub. Let's just get some movement going, some, some heat in the hands. Lovely. And then we're going to flick our fingers at the screen, imagining you've got some water on the end of your fingers. I'm just going to aim it at somebody or flick it around the room and <laughs> just shake it off, <laughs> letting that tension go. Lovely. And then we're going to shake our arms up above. Lovely. Shaking off the fingers and then we'll stretch our arms as high as we can. Reach, reach, reach with the fingers and take a nice deep breath in here. And then a big stretchy yawn out. Ah, oh, lovely, very nice. That always feels so good. <laughs> and if you can do a real yawn, even better, you know, just kind of releases everything. Fabulous. Um, let's do some very gentle humming. So we're just going to hum up a scale and then hum down uh, really soft, really gentle, really nice and relaxed in the jaw. So that's where we'll start. And you can obviously pick a different note if that feels good for you. But I'm going to start here. So we're going to go up five notes and come down nice and gentle. Lovely. Then we're going to move up a little bit. Feel the buzzing in your face. Mm -hmm. Lovely, let's go up again. And for a bit of fun, let's do some lip trills or a lip buzz. So, just releasing that sound. You can use your fingers to prop your lips up if you like. And again, just exploring, having some fun with it. Just seeing where your voice can go today. And a little bit technical now, but because that's a um, semi-occluded vocal tract exercise, which means it's got that closure or partial closure of the lips, uh, the breath has to work super hard to get out for that. So we're really using those muscles. <laughs> Lovely, nice. Let's reach up from the ceiling and we're gonna grab an ooh sound from somewhere really high to somewhere really low. Mixing it in the pot of sound. Ooh. <laughs> Lovely. With the other arm, let's grab an E. e. Lovely. And then an R with the other arm. Ah. Go 
gorgeous. And one more ooh, here we go. Ooh. Fabulous, nice. <laughs> Good to see that movement as well. It's just nice to marry the, the movement with, with the voice. Um, talking of melodic mantras, I've got a little song to share with you, um, which is, it, the words are from Zen master uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, and I've written like a little kind of song, a melody to go with them. Um, and the words are simply, I have arrived, I am home. So it's the medicine words, you know, they're the kind of words you can say when your energy is feeling a bit scattered and you're feeling a bit disconnected. So just saying to yourself, I have arrived, I am home, whatever that means for you in the moment, whether that's using your breath as a new arrival every time you breathe in and breathe out or, uh, you know, just feeling like you've arrived in your body or re-arrived if you like. So I'll just put my speaker on. As well. Um, so the main part of the song, uh, there's a little kind of harmony as well. I can maybe teach it to you briefly. Um, but the main part goes like this. I'll just sing it first for you. Have a little listen and then let it settle. And when you feel ready to join in, join in with me. <clears throat> I have arrived. I am whole. I have arrived. I am whole. I have arrived. I am whole. I am whole. I am whole. So that's the whole thing. Uh, should we break it down line by line? So um, I'll sing the first bit and then sing it back to me. Here we go. I have arrived, I am whole, your turn. I have arrived, I am whole. Next line. I have arrived, I am whole. I have arrived, I am whole. Third line. I have arrived, I am whole. Here we go. I have arrived, I am whole. And then we just come down. I am whole, I am whole. Your turn. I am whole, I am whole. Lovely, all the way from the beginning. Placing your hands on your heart, let's sing it through a couple of times. Here we go. I have arrived, I am whole. I have arrived, I am whole. I have arrived, I am whole. I am whole, I am whole. I have arrived, I am whole. I have arrived, I am whole. I have arrived, I am whole. I am whole, I am 
How are we feeling? Show me some thumbs or some arms. <laughs> oh, that's so that's so lovely. And yeah. it makes me think of what you said earlier, you know, because you said with the mantra deck, sing them. And you mm -hmm. can quickly see how that takes an, an affirmation to the next level. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a little bit more in that way. Yeah. It's a yeah. little bit more vulnerable. It's a yeah. little bit more uh you know, the frequencies are different from your pros just talking out loud. It's different yeah. to make the notes and you know, slide up the, you know, there's a reason that the certain chord changes and 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 notes oh i'm gonna forget the word now but the the gaps between the notes are, are satisfying in different ways or produce different feelings and emotions it's like that is just so good i love that so much um do you want to hear the um harmony part yeah fuck it let's if, if we've got time i like <laughs> um i'm 100 up for it yeah, it's really simple. It follows the same kind of follows the same kind of uh, movement of the song. So um, we'll we started on I have arrived, and the higher part kind of lingers around a top note. So it lingers up here. I have arrived. I am home. So it comes down on home. Then it jumps back up. I have arrived. I am home. So home is just slightly different notes. Shall we try that from the beginning? Those two lines. Here we go. I have arrived. I am home. I have arrived. I am home. Lovely. Then you can probably sense where it's going. And we're going to go up a little bit again. So we've got I have arrived, I am home, I am home, I am home. So we go up and then we fall back down again like uh, at the beginning. Let's try the higher part all the way through and then we'll maybe do it with the recording as well so you can kind of let it settle inside you a bit more. So uh, from the top, the higher part, so we're up here. I I have arrived, I am home. I have arrived, I am home. I have arrived, I am home. I am home, I am home. You got it, you got it. Let's try it with the recording because it's so pretty all together. Uh, do, 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 do. where are we I have a right for my own uh, benefiting from vulnerability I will try and share <laughs> the recording into this mic which is um, obviously whilst you we're muted we can only hear Mary <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> I'll, I'll try and include my own uh, just in yeah. case anybody else was feeling a bit too uh, you know self-aware about their own, <laughs> own singing ability they can be empowered by hearing what I'm putting out <laughs> that's wonderful yeah any anything where we can hear your voice would be amazing um uh, so yeah let's let's mash these two parts together and yeah let the song settle in you hug it in enjoy it i have arrived i am home here we go i have arrived i am home i have arrived i am home I have arrived 
gift to you <laughs> that's so good wow i literally love that so much that's ridiculously both you know that's everything you want you know it's uh you know it's mindful it's enjoyable it's vulnerable it's fun <laughs> it's just yeah that is the bee's knees i love that well done mary that was that is such a and also the fact that you've kind of combined the the ticknut hand thing with your own melodic kind of pattern massive i hope somebody uh, i hope anybody out there who listens to this enjoys that as much as i did um <laughs> perfect that was immaculate um how would you say singing or mindfulness meditation respectively has helped your own self-awareness and self self-assurance purely on the positive side how do you think it's helped both of those um kind of qualities well i think meditation i think it's i mean by definition it's a retraining of attention and it is a looking inward and when you meditate you know you become you become an observer as opposed to a victim, a witness as opposed to a victim. And that's that. why I find I ha I definitely have found self-awareness and self-assuredness through that, because you can see yourself from a different perspective, which is so important sometimes, especially in times where you're really feeling in the thick of it, because the misconception is that meditation is no thoughts and you sit in silence and nothing passes through and you are zen and sitting on a cloud but it's not it's the opposite it's a million thoughts racing through especially for anyone like me that has is an overthinker or has an anxious kind of mindset and it's yeah. learning to observe it as opposed to yeah as opposed to feel like you're you're jailed by these thoughts it's more you just see them passing through and I said in the meditation, yeah, there's there's a few nice ways you can think about it. Clouds in the sky over your consciousness or my first one that my teacher taught me was imagining it like a train station, a bit like a busy train station. You're at King's Cross. 
the trains have to come and go. They, that's how a train station works. They come, but then in two minutes, they're gone again. Um, so that's definitely helped. And then for me also, because that's more kind of self-awareness for me, but self-assuredness, like I feel my most comfortable and confident self when I feel in unison with my mind, my body and my soul. And that for me is most often... It definitely is meditation as well, but like movement for me, like stretches where I can, I need a physical aspect. So even dance for me, dance is definitely a form of meditation for me. So somewhere where I'm uniting those, yes. those things, that's where I really feel like, oh, I am me and I feel connected and I'm one as opposed to feeling like my mind is my enemy. It's like we're all working as it's all working as one. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love the, the thought about being an observer versus a victim. Uh, yeah I just after the first podcast I've spent time really exploring something that we talked about which is separating yourself from the work which is inherently having more of an observer role in your own actions and you know feelings emotions etc than you know just seeing them as exactly yourself and you know having this whole kind of self-centric perhaps victimized mindset I love that you explained it so you captured it so easily in words that I, I said a thousand, <laughs> a thousand plus words trying to describe it so simply. I think in relation to that as well, like taking away the judgment as well has really helped me and coming from a place. It's funny because I, I recently did a map of, of my singing journey just out of, you know, interest to see where to see where I've come from and, you know, how the journey has changed and obviously and. 10, 20 years time, I can do it again and be like, oh, I wonder, you know, how that's changed again. Um, but it's just, it was so interesting because in, in my early childhood days, I wrote, um, I wrote joy a lot. You know, that, that word was there all the time. Like I had a Barbie karaoke, you know, I just sing around the house, annoy my family, you know, <laughs> and uh, just kind of just singing all the time and not worrying about how it sounded. And you know, not trying to impersonate anybody, just doing it in my own way and then pure joy, pure, pure, you know, complete joy. And then as, you know, you get older and you become, you know, teenager and, and adolescent young person, like you, there's definitely more judgment there like on yourself anyway. Um, but I was having singing lessons and doing exams. So it all became about that, you know, and practicing and, and this, that and the other, which is all important because, you know, you, you need to do the exams at the time, I suppose. Um, but yeah, then going to uni, like going to drama school, having that judgment on you, you know, which is so, oh, it's just a whole other kettle of fish that, you know, and, and you are, you're fitting a mould then, you know, having, you're trying to discover and create yourself as your own practitioner and as your own creative person, but then you're also aware that you are trying to fit in with what other people are doing and what other people want to do and you know what your directors might be telling you to do and all sorts of other stuff um and then yeah I think I kind of just didn't know where I was going with my singing journey at all and then Covid happened and I knew I didn't really want to perform um I knew that wasn't really me I quite enjoyed it but it wasn't the same connection that I felt to people you know it wasn't something was missing for me so I was like googling how do I how do I do this and uh, how do I connect with others more using my voice and looking at singing teaching but then I don't want to tell someone how to do something um, I didn't really like that idea either um, 
so yeah, then I found the Natural Voice Network and I found Singing for Breathing, just started volunteering, you know, again, it's the whole sort of, oh, what am I doing? I'm not earning any money, like, this isn't really, how how is this going to help me, you know, but it's, it's it feels like it's hard because, you, you know, you're volunteering for a reason to get somewhere, um, but it takes time to, to get where you kind of are meant to be in the end. Um, anyway, I go off on a tangent. Uh, what was I saying? But yeah, then it came to the point where, where I am now and that word joy has come up again. You know, it's like it's resurfaced. It's like it's come back. And that that's what I'm doing my singing for now. It's for joy and it's to connect with people. And it's that judgment has just kind of gone in a way. Um, it, and if it's there, it's only subconsciously. And I try to, uh, you know, kind of, uh, not think about it too much and just do it for the joy of doing it so um and feeling it and being it and allowing the songs to flow through me and to to flow to others you know by sharing them so yeah it's it's, it's fascinating really isn't it <laughs> nice that change yeah non-judgment is a huge word and it means so much in this setting I think it's just it really is it really does it's it's so yeah so vital and that's so beautiful that you've come full circle back to joy <laughs> incredible yeah yeah and who knows where I'll be in in and who knows how long from now so yeah yeah it's it's an interesting kind of to sit on the judgment bit for a second before we jump into kind of a last couple of questions it's like it's a, something that's so powerful to be so under unjudgmental about your own life or indeed those of other people but almost the thing that is hardest to do when if you're a yeah. performer and a singer <laughs> you know because every second somebody's judging you whether it's an examiner or an audience member or a director or a fellow performer you know there's that evaluation aspect you know and, it, and to some degree it needs to be there on the basis of, you know, if you're going to have a, uh, a chorus, you know, people need to be able to sing the harmonies <laughs> or, or whatever. There's a little bit, but it can't become the be all and end all of everything, you know, to your point, Mary, about the, doing all the exams. And he's like, what means is all of that an end to? Because if it's the exams and the academic achievement and the, and the quality of the school, mm, that's not a sufficient good enough end for me particularly if it compromises joy like all of that tuition should be a, a means to the end of joy not to the end of whatever you know because if someone's good enough to be on the west end or be on broadway or whatever you know that that will happen as a result of all of that tuition but you're also going to suffocate a shit ton of people who were previously very very happy singing to themselves with their barbie karaoke <laughs> which is it's, it's a crying shame um, yeah. But yeah, it's like that that awful dichotomy between the amount of judgment involved in the behaviour, but also how powerful non-judgment really is. And I think what Maya and I are both doing uh, is kind of saying singing and meditation is for everyone and yoga is for everyone. It's for every single body. And, and it's just kind of encouraging people and empowering people and reminding them that you don't have to be good <laughs> you can just do it because it feels amazing and you come away from it feeling refreshed and calmer and more joyful or or something was released you know whether it's emotions or you know you do it because of of that you don't do it 
for that end goal. Um, yeah. yeah. We touched on that quite a bit in the first podcast episode. It's like prioritize pleasure. If you love yoga, regardless of your ability, if you love singing, regardless of your ability, do it. This isn't to say that, you know, this is a culture of, um, you know, medals for everybody and that there's no awards or hype. It's not saying that, you know, there is a place and a space for standards of excellence, blah, 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 blah. But anybody should never suffocate themselves from doing a thing that they think they might love on the basis of whether they're good or not or whatever. Focus on your joys. Know what you're optimizing for for in terms of your joy and prioritize it make space for it because your life will be transformed by doing it um mm. i would say that's then it would be funny if that keeps coming up in these in these conversations because that's two for two now <laughs> that's, been, <laughs> that's been a really important factor What would be an ideal no wasted day? So the idea of not wasting a day, what would be that ideal one for each of you? I can't help but think about what I was saying earlier, that it's so dependent on the mood and day, because like there's days where I agree, I probably would be like, I just wish I could do nothing. But then there's also days that I wish I could like, I don't know, spend time with my partner then see my friends and then and do this and and tick all those little boxes and meditate and do this and do that um I think that's a yeah I don't know I'm struggling with it. no <laughs> I like I I like that thought up, actually that's I think um, I don't think that's a that's a thought that enough people articulate that just waking yeah. up and going with your mood you yeah. know and maybe it's something we do instinctively but I think it's more empowering if you say it out loud and you say yeah. it as a thing like and your also mood having is... the choice because most yeah, days exactly. you're forced to get up giving yourself the, the freedom the yeah the choice to be like hey what do I feel like doing today but definitely yeah. something outside like I'm such an out I love like I don't know going for a walk or something in nature flowers or something I don't know like love anything that connects me to nature um always but yeah I think go with be kind to yourself as well you know you know listen listen to your body listen to your gut what what um that would yeah be my ideal scenario I guess no I I, I, Mary I'll give you a second more to think about it (laughs) because I think there's lots of actually deeply deeply wise stuff in what you've just said Um, like so much of our time we find ourselves um, you know double guessing our gut instinct or sacrificing our mood for some other thing and you know what kind of signals are we ignoring or joy are we pushing back you know in the name of not just going hey the only thing I'm going to do today is wake up and listen to my body or, or listen to my mood you know we, we'd, we'd never write that down on a bit of paper but it's probably the route to a shit ton of joyful days <laughs> if you did and also think taking things off your to-do list like yeah they might be boring things but what don't you feel amazing like when you've done like I know there's such a thing about not setting you know you have to set realistic to-do lists I always limit myself usually to about three and like actionable ones but there's that feeling you get off like oh completely that. that's also an amazing feeling so yeah. it's also a great day um yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard because it's a simple question but the answer is actually quite you have to think about that quite a lot <laughs> um yeah, I, I read something today and I actually shared it on my Instagram story. Um, I think it said that it's impossible to waste time. You are just doing what you're doing. 
and that's it <laughs> kind of thing. And I just thought, yeah, that's actually true. You know, the amount of times we beat ourselves up, it's like, actually, you're just doing what you're doing day to day, one day at a time. And, and you can't waste time if you're doing that. If that makes sense. No, it, it, it does. Yeah. No, it a hundred percent does. And it's something we touched on in the last thing. And it's kind of the trapping of having a slightly vibey name to what you're doing. Um, because yeah, no wasted days is not about this idea of not wasting time and being some kind of type A productive lunatic that all they do is, you know, set themselves goals and to do lists and cram every minute full of some doing when as we've already explored that being is very important and that no wasted days is really about just capturing just enough information every day um about what you are and who you are so you can learn about yourself you know not letting that information go to waste is the no wasted part of the day not as mary just touched on this idea that you're wasting time by doing one thing or another because that assumes we're all optimizing for the same one thing which is yeah. you know being being productive economic machines <laughs> like good mm -hmm. capitalists that we should be you know it's kind of stupid um, yeah yeah exactly and sitting with discomfort if things are feeling a bit rough or a bit crap at the moment you know it's it's like things change and shift all the time and it's just trying to remember that if you're true to yourself and your feelings and doing something every day that either connects you to others, whether it's talking to a partner or a parent or a friend or anything, you know, that might, or, or seeing a dog, <laughs> uh, anything where you just feel like, oh, I've, I, I feel a little bit better for that, you know, and I don't think you're doing anything wrong or doing yourself a dis disfavour, you know, if you can at least do one thing where there's some kind of connection um and you can feel good in some way um but but not every day is good and yeah like i said it's the just sitting with it and allowing it to be um and, and remembering uh we're always students as well right yeah, no exactly we're always students and we yeah. are gonna change so much we will you know what's it every seven years we've completely shedded ourselves and we're literally in a yeah. new body but obviously we're going to change um and that's also something nice like getting one you know reading a book or that's why reading is so nice because getting that one little bit of new knowledge and and power of our brain there's always more to learn and unlearn and explore so um yeah yeah I I love that you know uh, to your point Mary of sitting in discomfort and to your point Maya of being a student you know I I try as most as much as possible to see things that happen to me as spiritual teachers you know it's like things are happening for you and not to you like all of that stuff you know the powerful kind of perspective or frame change that helps you sit with discomfort more easily or look at it in a kind of optimistic way you know whereas if you're yeah, it's easy not to do that, basically. Mm. And if you can listen to yourself along the way and be kind to yourself, then, uh, yeah, you've got it. Yeah. Preach. Preach. <laughs> this, is, this, is set a this is set a podcast re record for <laughs> random hand waving. Uh, um, okay, lovely. I love all that. Um, final question. Um, we, we, you just touched upon earlier about things you've added into your life that are going to help you be a bit more kind of self-assured or self-aware, the gratitude journal, the mantra decks. Is there anything you feel that you've removed from your life recently 
and we've touched on you know spending less time on your phone and stuff so it could be something like that or something a bit more esoteric anything that you've removed that has helped you be a bit more self-aware or self-assured in a way this is something that I've added in order to remove it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I learned what boundaries are oh exciting yeah in the last few years and how you know you can live in your own world you know we all do and you can be in your own house you know imagining like metaphorical walls and there's windows so you can see the outside you can see other people you can and there's a door and you can open that door and you can invite them in and you can also show them out and it's like (laughs) you know it's it's just being in control of your own space i think that's kind of what that's taught me i'm still learning about it um but yeah i i added boundaries to my life and i therefore removed certain things and certain people that were draining me of energy or draining me of you know who i am authentically and uh you know it's just it's it's amazing how you can suddenly discover that you don't have to please everyone <laughs> and you can you know do what's right for you and we know as, as much as you can without hurting other people obviously um you know but it's just staying true to you and your heart and and knowing that if you make the the you know right decisions for you then everybody else in your life will benefit you know whether that person is being removed from your life or not or whatever it is you know they will benefit too because it just wasn't working in some way or another you know so it happens in relationships it happens in work it happens in everything that we do so just for me a big part of it was adding those boundaries and removing that aspect of my personality or starting to try and you know not engage with it as much the idea of people pleasing and you know just constantly doing what other people thought I should be doing if that makes sense or feeling like you know doing what I want to do you know and bringing that true authentic self to my life yeah Yeah, I'd I'd echo that hugely it's been super true in my own life too um having boundaries because you can please people indirectly by saying no Uh, in my early working life as a kind of crude um you know capitalist example you know I would bend over backwards and ignore every instinct that I had about whether something was right you know just to just to say yes to people in briefs or in you know in meetings and whatever and actually I've learned the 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 foibles of doing that and the power that comes with actually setting far far clearer boundaries about what I'm prepared to accept and what I what I need and the byproduct is the people are actually happier in the end you know, because they've got a better quality of work or they've got, a, you know, whatever the, the thing is. And it's come from me saying no or, you know, to your, to your point of letting them into the house and then saying letting them out again. You know, all that stuff is so, so true. And I, I've never thought of that as a something you add to then remove. <laughs> That's lovely. I love that. I definitely agree. You did. I mean, Mary, I think you said it already once or a couple of times but comparison is the thief of joy so as much as we can try and stop that then the better but again agree journey 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 it's always a journey but um it's interesting what you brought up about you know it being better for everyone involved actually like let's say you know you grow out of friendships or you you know you have to choose to set those boundaries in the long term it's a kindness to both of you um and I guess if anyone wants to hear like an actionable way to do this, like, I don't know if, I hope this doesn't sound savage, but sometimes on Instagram, you have to kind of like filter out people that are no longer in your life. And you're just kind of seeing, 
and either make you feel inferior inferior or intimidated or you're comparing um in a negative way and usually like for me that I only found that was people with I didn't know like it was celebrities or someone who I happened to follow because I saw this and it was just like and it's not even a dislike towards them it's not even anything against them it's that this is creating this effect on me so I need to try and eliminate that so if that person posting all those amazing pictures with this amazing body is making you feel that way then just a healthy actionable way to do that is just like I don't need to follow this person on Instagram um the same way that you have to do that sometimes in life you know what like there's a thing of like we're not friends but I still care for you and I still wish you all the best but I just cannot be involved with you in that way um so so yeah uh, I completely I completely agree Um, yeah removing comparison and and I think Jade or Sam said it in the last episode just own your attention you know (laughs) to some huge degree you are and you feel at what you give attention to so whether that's people or ideas or affirmations, mantras, you know, singing, etc., you know, own your attention. And, and to your earlier point, Maya, have some intentionality about it. Know what you're intending to do and, and kind of sculpt it accordingly, sculpt your attention accordingly. Mm-hmm.